Here we go. Happy Friday once again, Nudge fans. Um, it is Friday, May 7th. May 7th. May 7th. And we are here for another episode of Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Um, exciting times here. Mac and I, right before we hit record, had a conversation about whether or not we should pivot this into a soccer podcast and keep talking about Premier League drama. But we're going to try to avoid it, even though that's obviously our side passion and interest. It's going to be a six-month transition. We're just going to like slowly increase the time of Premier League talk. You're not even going to realize it's happening. (laughs) Um, Mac, what else is going on over there? That's Mac underscore Gamble on the other side of the microphone. How's it going, buddy? Now I've had two, maybe three people refer to me as underscore. So that name seems to be catching on. So not intended, but apparently that's how I'm known in some circles at this point. So... (laughs) Um, big, big thing for this week as we're going through kind of looking at the calendars, because keep in mind, that's how we create the content for the podcast is literally yep. Phil and I going through our calendars and saying what happened this week. So here's what happened. I would say I was in half a dozen conversations this week talking about programming. And I think we were seeing that we've touched on this before. I think programming as a service is going to be a thing. I, I am start, I'm very confident now the number of partners we work with, the number of new conversations I'm having with people saying, hey, do you have content already together? Do you have a program we can kind of leverage this template? Um, Do you know someone we can buy buy programming from? I am now convinced more than ever that there is now going to be market forces coming together in which you are going to see some creators who are great at program creation, absolutely crushing it. And in, in they're going to be supplying programming needs for the majority of coaching coaches and coaching businesses. There you go. You heard Profound a statement. Maybe we can end the podcast now. That was it. <laughs> we need some kind of dramatic noise, bomb drop. Yeah. And that's it. And we're out. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, we did a, a little training session on nudge coach, nudge coach office hours every Thursday at noon Eastern. Um, and we focused on the very basic building blocks of program creation, because I think one of the things that we're realizing more and more is that great coaches, educators, whatever, are not necessarily great program and content creators and vice versa. Great program designers, content creators are not necessarily great coaches or educators. So there is that is literally the formation of a natural marketplace, it sounds like to me. Yeah. And I, I think too, if you're listening to this, don't, specialization is a beautiful thing. And I think it's one of those things where I, I don't think every coach naturally is going to be great at program creation. I think it's something where, and that's okay. I think it, we all need to be okay with the fact that we can't be great at everything. And so I think it's logical that someone who's maybe great at the actual practicality of coaching is maybe not as great at the whole kind of organizing structure around effective programming like that. That doesn't necessarily need to be a, a, a kind of a one-to-one thing. Um, yeah, the optimist would say everybody can be great at something. It did come off a tad negative to say everybody can't be great at everything, but that's that's totally true. It's it is specialization. Yeah. It's yeah, you can't be great at everything. Yeah. Hey. It is what it is. And, and I think in the way kind of the 
I'm gonna, I can't avoid using it. The creator economy is going like sort of the niches are forming out of thin air everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, you have expertise somewhere. There's a good chance. There's a bunch of people bouncing around the internet looking for help with that expertise. Yeah. Um, So own it, go and own it. You know, I'm I'm not saying a hundred percent outsourcing the programming. I I am thinking more of I think a, an effective program has some really key fundamental pieces that tie together in a really interesting way. That's a combination of content and messaging, you know, all this kind of weaving together to create an overall kind of quote unquote experience. You have that benefit for those watching this. I'm doing air quotes right now. Air quotes. So, air quotes. Imagine so, that. Picture this. Picture air this. <laughs> air quotes. So I think it's one of those things, though where you see a lot of people that say, hey, can you get me something that's 80 or 90% there that I can then, you know, adjust with my own links, you know, my, you know, some tweaks with my own content, so on and so forth, my own assessments, yada, yada, yada. I think it's much more difficult though, to take, be able to take a step back and create kind of the proper shape of an effective program. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, really what pieces should be going where, because I think once you have that, it's easy enough to kind of plug and play your own stuff into it. So I, like I said, I think there's going to be a huge opportunity for people that are good at that to be able to really capitalize over the next few years. Um, Cause it seems like there's such a boom in coaching and a lot of people say, Hey, I'm good at working with people remotely, but I, I don't necessarily, don't necessarily feel comfortable or confident with my overall offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, this, this marriage of coaching and content is sort of the battleground, I think the battleground here's here comes my obligatory reference to the year 2021 the year of the client experience the marriage of coaching and content the relationship and the content that's provided is the battleground of creating a great client experience right at least ongoing after the all-important onboarding and and all that process that we always touch on so this is this is the place where it's going to happen for you you know um so it's it's and I think it, it will, as this, this space grows, just become kind of a fertile marketplace of done-for-you programs that, yeah, like you said, you know, people will buy to tweak um, and implement in their own ways. And if you think about it, there are a million ways to coach. There are a million ways to manage a relationship, a million ways to create a program. So I'm not totally sure it's going to reduce the actual variety of experience that is created. Um by coaches who are implementing those things by a whole lot, because just, you know, coaching is a very interactive thing. So the relationship is going to manifest in a unique way, no matter what. Mm -hmm. No, that's Um, a good way to put it. Yeah. So I don't know that it's like, this is necessarily going to lead to a hell of a lot of cookie cutter experiences. I might be wrong about that. We'll see how it plays out. No, I, I think you're right because I, I mean, I think of it a good example, um, email sequencing. There's some, you know, drip scripts or some others that have effective email sequences that um, you can kind of plug and play that it, it really is just the shape of it. Like I said, the idea that, Hey, it's a five email email sequence should be kind of broken up across X number of days. Here's the general kind of theme of each, but you're the, you know, say a thousand people use that same template. Um, I think it's still going to take a lot of different shapes depending on the type of business that's that's incorporating it. So I don't necessarily think it's going to create cookie cutter experiences. I don't even necessarily think you're going to have too much um, kind of 
too too many coaches or coaching programs almost competing with similar programming. I, I still I still think there's enough open ocean out there, and people are you know niche enough, and you know everyone's a little bit different, so they're probably gonna put their own flavor to it. I, I think it's ma- hopefully just going to help the entire industry be more effective with online coaching would be my hope versus the fear of, oh God, someone's using a similar template. That means they're providing the same number of touch points as me. It, I don't think that's necessarily something to be worried about. Yeah, that, I, I think you're right about that. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The other part of you know this sort of new, if we want to call this like a new marketplace that's forming is how it's like being monetized. Is this a big opportunity? Um, and we, you know, we've both kind of run into kind of individual examples here and there of people who are already out there kind of selling their programming um, and, you know, checked on different price points in different areas. And, and it is definitely interesting if you're starting with just sort of simple, you know, content outline structure, and, you know, a broad kind of template, like for general health coaching or something like that, you know, we see things from like, you know, health coach solutions for like 600 bucks or something like that for kind of a done for you program all the way up to some where it gets really interesting and unique. And at least from stuff that we're plugged into is kind of the medical side, right. Um, or the healthcare side, um, and some of these niche programs that are developed and, you know, test it out and proven and why not, mm-hmm. you know, practice by practice, just go and implement them over and over again. Yeah. I think the, what's, what's interesting. And we talked about this earlier is, you know, you go on sites like Gumroad and I'm, I'm assuming too, if you went to some sites like Udemy for online courses, you're, you're probably going to see some things like this too, of maybe kind of program creation, how to's and, and different courses, but um, definitely starting to see some things out there. And I think whether it's a framed as a kit, a course, whatever it may be, it does seem like some people are starting to monetize. Very fragmented. I think at this point, like I said, we mentioned kind of Gumroad, Udemy, some of these other sites of people that we know. Um, I don't know if you're a coach looking for this, it's necessarily an easy thing to find. I think you have to do a good amount of Googling. But I think we're starting to see there is a wave forming here. It seems like there's this market forces are coming together. People are this problem is, is I think becoming real. And I think some people are realizing that, Hey, a lot of coaches coming out right now, really passionate about working with clients, not super passionate, maybe around program creation. So there's an opportunity. Yep. Um, so this is something we're keeping our eye on. Um, I would actually go as far to, as to say, if you're creating interesting programming out there and interested in like exploring this, I would kind of like to talk to you about it. Um, so feel free to, to give the show a shout. Um, you know what? Just email me, phil at nudgecoach.com. I love it. Mention underscore. We can run up the underscore board and see how many <laughs> mentions of Mac underscore gamble we can get. Um, and or the year of the client experience. We always hear, like hearing that one as well. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I don't know if it's worth, I mean, you, you, you mentioned numbers a little while ago. Like what, how much do you charge for something like this? It's, it does seem like the ranges are pretty significant. Um, you know, I'm assuming is it based on length? Is it based on, I mean, I'm wondering if anyone says like effectiveness, like, Hey, my program crushes it. Like that's, that would be compelling. I feel like from a marketing standpoint. (laughs) Yeah. If you have, you know, it's like social proof and you know, everybody has their own kind of angle. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, specificity helps this out. I think there's so much opportunity here. 
like you said, it's fragmented. I think you, you kind of understated that it's mega fragmented. Like it will only become more organized in the future. And, you know, there will be more kind of cross comparison, but if you have a program and you're actually, you know, working with someone to help implement it, mm-hmm. God knows how much you could um, charge for that in the right spaces, you know, they have a migraine prevention program or something like that, you know, and I can work with a practice to implement it. The implementation fees could be pretty. That's yeah. I think you just touched on it. Specificity, the more niche, I think the more you're charging for it. I mean, I I would think if you were coming out and you were doing some kind of general well-being, I'm just, I'm throwing that out there maybe hundreds of dollars, but I think if you have a program that is specific to, and we'll, we just used health as an example to accomplishing X, you know, in terms of outcomes, depending on how significant the pain point is, I mean, if that's health related, maybe thousands, I mean, I'm sure there's opportunities too for other niches and you're just kind of almost guaranteeing some kind of outcome. Mm-hmm. Shoot. I, I think people would be able to pay thousands for that. So I, Maybe that's it's pretty broad, you know, flags we're putting out there, but I think hundreds to thousands of dollars, depending on kind of how niche. And I, I think over the coming months, we can maybe help better define that. Yeah, I think that is definitely something we'll learn. And the, the different flavors is something I, I'm, I'm interested in too. I know we're sort of focused on the programming itself, but like program by itself versus program plus hands-on implementation mm-hmm. or some form of tra- training. Like, I think there are a lot of roads here um, to kind of make that a, not just kind of a side biz, but like a, a real thing that you, you could turn into a pretty decent business by <laughs> itself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, just for some context for some folks, how this kind of came up is we're, we're piloting a new program right now. Where we're kind of helping people part of implementation, kind of build out their cards based on their content. And what's naturally happened as we've kind of gone down this path with this pilot is people start saying, well, Hey, I do have some content, but Hey, can you build my content for me? <laughs> yeah. Or do you know who I can buy content from? And then that, that has actually been coming up a ton. And I think yeah. what we're seeing is this is kind of growing demand as we mentioned. And so I think we'll have to see over the coming, it'd be interesting if we could even help kind of define this and see if we can get some, just because of where we sit and the conversations we're having, if we can kind of help define what we are seeing in the market, maybe help even help people kind of identify and pin prices. Um, yep. You know. um, yeah. And, and listen, if you're listening to this and like, Oh, that makes sense. Like no shame in that. Trust me. We've had plenty of conversations with coaches. Like, listen, you, you want to dedicate your time to where you're specialized and what you're great at. Don't feel bad about, you know, wanting to find ways to outsource different other things. That's how you grow a business. Right. Um, so those conversations are, are productive that we're having and we're, you know, getting into the process of, of doing some kind of done for you programming built into the system, we're really transitioning or translating, um, you know, content that lives out there already into effective programming, which is, you know, falls into our expertise of how do we build something that's going to be engaging um, in the year of the client experience, 2021. We're that's really going to have to start thinking about what, what the with. theme of 22 is going to be, because we're really putting a lot of pressure on this. <laughs> A lot of emphasis on 2021 being year of the client experience. Can we just, is it a cop out if we just roll that over into the next year too? Could be, but like you said, this might be a premier league pod, podcast by then. So it's true. Knows? We'll just slowly start brainwashing people as they're listening that slowly they'll start checking premier league scores each week. And then, you know, that's when we got them. So, um, 
or you watch the English game on Netflix. That's that's I think where you first get people. Yeah, there you go. That's like the the gateway drug. <laughs> the gateway into Premiere, right? So, um, also too, I think um, as Phil mentioned, if you have some background in this or have some knowledge or you know, in terms of kind of marketplaces, what you're seeing, let us know about this. I think it's something where part of me almost wonders if there's been a stigma around him. That's one thing I did want to touch on real quick. Yeah, is kind of to, to your point, maybe there's not more out there about this because people are kind of, to your point, is it, is it almost like a pride thing? Like, Hey, I shouldn't be using. Cause I, I feel like in other niches, this is not a big, like, uh, you know, in marketing, right. There's constantly borrowing concepts, templates, resources, yeah. it, no shame, like doesn't, don't think less of people if they're using landing page templates or whatnot. Yeah. But for some reason, it seems like this could be something where people have a little bit more sensitivity towards. Like there's a correlation yeah. between program design and them as a coach and their abilities. Right. Now, that's, I think, something that's at play for sure. Um, you know, like you, a coach is sort of like posturing as the expert like that's part of your role right you feel like the expert the guide in the process maybe that's part of it the psychology of it but um you know you don't need to have too much pride to to do this it's a a starting point right we talk about um you know the small business economy kind of as a template economy anyway like because and this is not because you don't have the creative kind of chops to to do everything to come up with great ideas yourself it's literally a resource limitation issue. We as small businesses have inherently Mm -hmm. significantly limited resources. We don't have the time to dedicate to every little bit in peace. And that's why something like a template economy exists where you go to Squarespace and build off of a template or Webflow and build off of a template. You copy an email workflow out of whatever email marketing platform you have and, and so on and so forth. And you make it your own throughout the way, just adjust the voice to, to make it authentic and your own. Um, same way with, I think programming will, will go a little bit more in that direction for sure. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be, everyone will be better off for it. It will give more people the bandwidth to actually focus on what they're great at and grow. So here's a question because I'm I'm just unaware. So excuse me if this is just a very naive question. But so do do most teachers design their own curriculum? Or that's an offensive question. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> somebody out there is probably I could hear I could hear it. Um, because it I I would just have to think if if I was a teacher and maybe just because I spend more time in like market marketing startup world. Um, the first thing I do whenever I'm working on something is I look to see how people are doing it currently, and how it's being done. Is there an effective way or documented way to do it? Are educators doing that? Is that something, do teachers do that right now? You would know better than I would because you're married to a teacher. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I wonder if it is like in the sort of, I don't want to create any type of class warfare here, but in the upper echelons of education, if that would be something that's inherently frowned upon, but I can tell you like the people in the classroom dealing with the kids like you got a lot to, you got a lot on your plate and, you know, if you're constantly being shifted around subjects, which is something that happens with the just yeah. general shortage of teachers in a lot of places, like you might've gone to school for all these different things like poli sci or, or you might have been like a French major, like double major with education or something. 
And the next thing you know, you're teaching like math as part of a core curriculum for sixth graders or something. So that's where like, it's inevitable. Um, Is you know, it outlined time... out somewhere? I mean, do books come? I feel like I do remember in school, the teacher having a version of the book that it was like structured differently. Like I, I get the sense there's yeah, there's definitely some of that. And, and I think, you know, good teachers, <laughs> lots of good teachers out there, by the way, but I think good teachers do collaborate a lot and are willing to go out there and say, Hey, listen, I'm shifting into something I'm not as sure about. Go talk to an older teacher. You've been doing this for a while. Can I like take, pull some ideas from your curriculum? Those are conversations that are had. I think they're, they are a touch taboo still maybe in, in a lot of circles. Interesting. But, um, yeah. So st- there's stigmas here. We need to be. I think so. You know, I'm not a teacher, so I'm, I'm yeah. speaking a little bit out of school here, but my wife is, I know she has like collaborated with teachers on curriculum before. <gasps> yeah. That sound, probably sounded really dramatic too on a podcast with this microphone. Dun, but dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. I, I think though this just highlights, so hopefully this is something where if you're someone who struggles with this or like, Hey, like we said, specialization is a beautiful thing. You're probably awesome at working with clients. It's just program creation is not your thing or vice versa. Maybe you're just awesome at program creation and you're really not as good working with clients. I'm sure we have people kind of across the gambit here. And this is just like, what's interesting about this, you know, you and I just get to have a lot of conversations with coaches and coaching businesses. So hopefully if you're listening to this, this is really just an observation of the conversations we're having and just kind of <laughs> making sure we're, I think you and I sit in this really kind of center of all it's like the center of a washing machine you know we're just kind of seeing all this stuff flying around us and we're just trying to you know help help kind of be a guide of kind of hey where it looks like the market's going what questions we're you know hearing what 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 we're seeing in the market so yeah well let's take it i, I want to reinforce something we've been touching on here and take one step back real quick why the hell would we not be sharing the things we're experts at with each other like the entire lesson of human civilization is write down history and learn from experience. Why the hell would it be taboo to share programming or share a curriculum? That is ridiculous when you take a step back and think about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think a lot of it comes down to in the coaching and education, online coaching and education. It's, I think people have been fearful of, competition like it's Mm. it's one of those things like if you're in a school setting i don't think you really have concerns sharing course curriculum in like a school setting because you're not really competing i mean you you don't really run into a situation of like competing with another teacher from the standpoint of like a kid's going to choose one one class or one school (laughs) versus another I, i just don't think that necessarily happens and i could be completely wrong but i think in coaching people have been really concerned that okay if other coaches using my programs, now that's kind of more competition. And I think that's maybe what's been part of it because it's so focused on like solopreneurs out there in the market. Yeah. So like any edge up they can get, they want, but I don't know. That's just kind of my two cents on it. Very interesting. All right. I'm off the soapbox, but I had to get on it for one second just to kind of get that off my chest. (sighs) But you're, I don't think a client, I don't think a client at the end of the day, says man that was an awesome program the way you wove together like the way you had those those you know that content weave in with that message in week two like I don't I don't think that happens like that was kind of like when we put together the mastermind and it was funny because one of our partners shout out to Jamie on this one was um saying he's like you know when I've seen these previously he's like you know you can't market it this way because 
it would sound kind of funny. Um, but ultimately, it's like you, typically at the end of a program like this, it's really the relationships that are formed that are really the big takeaway from a, from a person mm-hmm. or a client. It's not necessarily the content and where we kind of obsess and focus on that as, as you know, since we put together the mastermind and I'll give myself 3% credit on that because you did most of it is the, that, that idea that the relationship is such a huge part of it that I think if, as long as you, you know, that the program should be fostering the relationship. And that's something where I think back to that whole idea that we, we, we shouldn't be too hung up on people sharing similar program styles because at the end of the day, you as a coach or educator is going to, you know, it would be different from the next person. Yeah. So it's how well are you connecting with those individuals? Yeah, that is definitely the takeaway. Big lesson there. The engagement in programs tends to come from the relationship with the coach as much or more so than the content. Yeah. Definitely more so. so. You'll see though. I think at the end of the day, let's, I am curious now, I'm do some more digging. I think there's maybe a blog post ahead of us. I'd like to get some more numbers, see what's out there in program creation standpoint. Um, if you have anything, shoot us a note. Um, all, more data points better than less so uh, I think yeah we'll try to keep our eye on this and put some more content together on it. yep and over the next couple of weeks we're going to keep diving into at least the kind of basic blocking and tackling of the first steps of getting a program up and running in our platform so again nudge coach office hours on Thursdays if you want to check that out um, is that on the website at this point yet like what where do you your lazy chief marketing officer is uh, working his way towards that to-do list item <laughs> I know we have a page and I've, I've started sharing it with some people. I think it's just nudgecoach.com forward slash happy hour or something. Yeah, that's our podcast that we're on right now, Mac. But the, the office mean, hours is office hours. <laughs> not not sorry. Too many hours in, in that was a great moment in, in nudge coach history right there. But um yeah, nudgecoach.com slash office dash hours. Oh, office dash hours. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. You not an underscore hours dash <laughs> it's not an underscore stop it <laughs> uh maybe we include that in the show notes oh crap i may have to take the dash out of it now i've confused everybody yeah um okay either one will redirect to the right place i promise you that oh that's funny but um okay what else do we have anything else we need to touch on the I think that was it for the week. A lot of conversations were in programs. So we'll see what the next week uh, looks like. Stuff's starting to pop up on the calendar that'll dictate what next Friday we get into. But That's I am right. going to start doing some research on on uh, this topic in terms of programs, how much people are charging. I think it's just an interesting data point. There you go. So that is just scratching the surface of this coaching program marketplace that's forming right now. And Mac and I are shouting from the Venn diagram, spinning Venn diagrams of all these things. Um, so if you enjoyed this, make sure you're subscribed on every possible platform that you can subscribe on. <laughs> we're on Apple podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, all that good stuff. What were you going to say Matt? I, I am intrigued. I'm, are people, so it's funny because having an iPhone, I feel like everyone just kind of flocks to the Apple podcast. I, Spotify is a great experience. I kind of want to start listening to podcasts on Spotify. I want to check it out. I haven't done it yet. So. I have made that switch and I personally enjoy it. So shout out to Spotify. Um, Good to yeah. know. I hope to talk to you guys at some point. <laughs> we'll see you on Spotify then. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that was another Nudge Coach happy hour. Don't Not to be confused with Nudge Coach office hours every Thursday. Um, but look forward to hearing from you guys and we'll see you again next week.